Hey, hey, hey. This week, we talk about bio candidates, as long as some controversial takes. Guys, just to know, we will be postponing the pod until exam season is over. We really appreciate all the positive comments and support from y'all. So we hope that you guys will continue to support us and our content afterwards. Enjoy. Welcome to Floor Generals, the show where we attempt to eventually have Danny Green on as a guest. Hello guys, it's Ryan here along once again with Austin. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, today we have a guest with us. He is a good friend of mine and Austin's. It is Julian Lawrence Manahan. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, we uh, back in math class, we always did like NBA stuff after session, right? So yeah, I thought it would like... be fun to have. It'd be fun to have you on. So, Julian, Thank you. as Austin and I always have it, we like to introduce our guests in a specific fashion. Can we get to know when you got into basketball? your favorite team, and your favorite player. Okay, so I first got into basketball at a very young age, around five or six. This was when everybody in the Philippines and everybody around me then would kind of meet up together and go to different neighborhoods and play basketball with the other kids there. I was always really interested in how it worked, so they taught me the rules, and I started playing ever since, ever since then, and I came to Canada and eventually joined the house league. And nowadays, I've stopped playing basketball as often, but I still watch the NBA from time to time with my parents. And so that means that one of my favorite teams is the Raptors, because I usually like repping one team and one team only. But if I were to pick a favorite player, honestly, it would either be Allen Iverson or Dwayne Wade, because they're the person I always idolized when I first started playing in the Philippines. Like, you know those times when you watch the highlight reels and, you're, and your mind's just like, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what kept popping through my head. I, I always kept going for the fadeaways, you know, all the good stuff. And so every so, time I saw so, them on the screen. So can you beat fun. Austin and I in a game? Honestly, I'm like hella rusty. I, I personally excuses that okay this is, that's not a great oh, way to start yeah, off but... listen 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 look i personally think that one between the legs and the ball is going to go up like out of bounds that's how bad it is i, I don't know how good my hand eye coordination is right now. yeah the, the crossover the ai crossover right yeah exactly yeah, the AI, exactly <laughs> it's the scout it's the best ai crossover you could ask but the shot though but the shot though is the shot looking nice uh no of course not why this can't look that well yeah, yeah, wrist injuries. In gym class, it wasn't no. that bad though. In gym class, it wasn't that bad. No, right? look, let's be honest. In gym class, like you take, like, you can take the weirdest shots and you can get away with it because it's gym class. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like I could take like some next, what is it, behind the back shot? You guys would be like, yeah, you know that's valid. That's valid. You know, like, no, I just okay. remember bodying you a lot in gym. But I'm, dude, I'm oh, stop, stop, dude. <laughs> I, I, hey, listen, I put on weight and I'm working out. That's not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> and then all of, no. I say that, and I feel like I'll still get bodied, to be honest. So, I, you know, I might have to hold my words. Listen, Ryan's a strong guy, dude. Like, you don't underestimate him, man. I do, facts. Like, I'm like, okay, this guy has a thin frame. This guy backs me up and uses me like thin right? paper. I have PTSD, like, man. 
College of PTSD from <laughs> yeah. I remember this moment. He, I was like driving on him. We mentioned this before. I was driving on him, and I was like, "Okay, look at him and look at me." He's like this skinny guy. I go right into him, and he drops me on the floor. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, how am I gonna get past this dude? No, but like, you guys got height over me, which is like. <laughs> But that doesn't matter when there's a big stone in the way of my driving path. Yeah, dude, Vavlit's a good defender. He gets like two blocks, two steals a game, dude. But he's like six foot. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay, listen, it doesn't right. matter how I'm tall you are. Defensive. I'm not a good offensive player, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not going to lie. Like, there's so many times that you could have scored on me for free, but then you either, like, airball it, and I'm like, How? No, but the thing is, when I play defense, you never score it. So it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the kind thing. Of, kind of I get clamped, down, but... I get clamped, <laughs> but then I don't need the clamp up, so it's like a lose lose. The score is zero zero the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, how am I gonna get past this dude? Bro, it's like it's like Dr- Draymond versus Dennis Rodman kind of game. <laughs> ah, but then Draymond does have scoring abilities. That is true. Fair. You seen the half court? I mean, yeah, he can't <laughs> shoot. He Hell. can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, alright, moving, moving on. Okay, so we're gonna start off with our fast news, fast break news segment this week. Let's start it off with a congratulations to coach Greg Popovich. He became the third head coach to win 1,300 games. So he's actually not that far off from. The first place and second place winners. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't check who they were, but he he's getting real close to them. I think Jerry Sloan has to be number one. I think he uh, is. I'm not sure. And Donnie Nelson was second, was it? Who? Nelson. Dude, I'm such a casual man. I just know Jerry Sloan to be honest. Nah, but this guy for sure. He'll. I think he'll make it into the first place by next season. Oh, I you know what? I after taking a look at like the the Spurs roster, honestly, I do think that it is possible. Because he's just a spot. I I don't see why he couldn't. You know, I mean, didn't he want to retire after like the twenty twenty something Olympics? Like it was like twenty twenty Olympics before it was canceled. We'll see. I don't know, man. I feel like. I feel like he'll get first and then dip. Probably, yeah. You know what? That's probably it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's right, just that. So... Yeah. All right. Sorry. No. But like, my thoughts on this are just like he has a lot of developing players in his team. So eventually, next season, once everybody gets the ball roll- rolling again, it's just like over. You know, mm-hmm. he can secure it. Then he can just call it a day. <laughs> he he goes half through halfway through the season. He'll be like, I exactly. Yeah. He's just gonna go like, I'm done. We're good. Yep. Yeah. So let's start it off with uh, Andre Drummond. This uh, Andre Drummond agreed to a contract buyout with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, he actually signed with the Lakers. So even though he did kind of what is it, break a nail, break a toenail? Yeah, someone <laughs> told. I think someone stepped on his toes, Brook Lopez. Yeah, something like that. So he's Jesus. out for like a game or two, but. Guys, what do you think of his impact on the Lakers? Austin, let's start you off. Well, before he went down, of course he had that. I think it was a block or something, and then he had a he had made his first shot, which was like a floater. 
But he was shooting pretty poor from the field. I think it was two for eight that game. So, I mean, that's not going to happen every game. Of course, it's Andre Drummond. And if he only sits out for a week or, like, let's say a few games, he's going to come back and he's going to be performing like Detroit Andre Drummond. He's going to be putting up, like, 20 and 14 just because he's pretty much the only guy on the team that's a big. You know, Anthony Davis is out. LeBron is out. Montrezl Harrell is kind of an undersized big. So, I feel like his impact, even though it wasn't the strongest for the first game, through the rest of the season, he's going to be, like, just back where he was when he was an All-Star. I agree on that. Uh, Julian? So, my thoughts on Andre Drummond in his first game. I do think that, as expected, it takes him a while to get the ball rolling because, you know, new team, no chemistry, so on and so forth. So, I don't think he was, be, like, able to communicate that well with his teammates. But, however, like Austin said, the more games he plays with the team, eventually he's going to start, like, flowing with them. And then we can expect bigger numbers from him in the future. Yeah, let's not also forget that Drummond has not played basketball for, at least team basketball, for, like, a month or something. Or true. That's true. Yeah, he's been out. Because out. He, he, the, uh, the Cavs were just like, uh, we don't want you playing right now. We want Jared Allen to be playing, so. He, he was like, that's fine with me. And then, uh, yeah, so now he's with the Lakers. I think the Lakers have a good shot at running it back to the finals. Uh, that's just... Ah, I I mean... Do you disagree? Not necessarily, because, like, I just think that there are, like, better death, like, death-based teams that could potentially stand up to them as of right now. Well, yeah, but Andre Drummond, to me, is, like... He's not he's not the answer because Kyle Lowry could have been the answer for the Lakers, but that's um, true, yeah. Drummond was is a big body in the paint. He can he can grab rebounds, he can block shots. Uh he doesn't have to be an offensive force anymore. Oh he for just, sure, he, yeah. For all he sure. has to all he has to do for LeBron and A D is just grab the rebound and send it to them and just like man the paint. He doesn't really have to he doesn't have that offensive role that much anymore. Yeah, and, I'm kinda and, Oh yeah, yeah. you going? No, 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 okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what the lineup is going to look like in the playoffs because last year, and I think when we did, no, it was 2020. Last year, the Lakers' best lineups were when Anthony Davis was at the five. And I just, I just want to see what the Lakers are going to do when it comes to playoff time. And, you know, people know that they've seen that Anthony Davis is probably the best center in the league when he gets put there. I mean, we've seen it last year. So I'm just going to, like, I, I said this like four or five times already, but like, what are the lineups going to look like when it comes to the playoffs? Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to play Drummond as much as they want to because Anthony Davis is just such a better option at the five than Drummond is. Mm-hmm. No, I, no mean, I agree because I think last year in, in, in like game five and six, they stopped playing Dwight and McGee completely. Yeah. So that might happen to Drummond. I don't know, but Drummond. Uh, is still better as of right now is better than Dwight and McGee, so who knows? For sure, for sure, for sure. All right. Uh, second segment: Al Horford for the rest oh. of the season will be inactive for the Oklahoma City Thunder, as he and the team mutually agreed for him to sit out and let youngsters such as Moses, and Moses, was it Moses Brown? <laughs> Moses Kerr. It's Moses Kerr, Ryan. Oh, all right. Um, let them play. Horford is currently averaging 14 points, six rebounds, and three assists a night. Austin, I know that you have a Horford on your fantasy team. 
how do you think or how do you feel? Straight outed. I mean, you know what? He's not on my fantasy team, Ryan, so you can't really come in like that. But listen, <laughs> I, I love Horford. I didn't see. I listen, I traded him for Wendell. It was it's just an easy swap. And I think I won that trade. I'm gonna just say that right now. But listen, Andre uh, no, Andre Drummond. Al Horford, I think, and I was I will say this, he's one of the best centers in the league. And when it comes to playoff times, I think he's like a top five center. So for him to sit out like this, it just, it just makes no sense for me. Like someone this valuable, you could have traded at the trade trade deadline. I mean, you get, you already traded away a few guys. You traded away George Hill. You already traded away Trevor Ariza. Why why would you just trade Horford? You know, they could have easily found a first round pick for him. I mean, I don't see why not a team like Boston could do something. A team like Miami could have done something. I just don't know why you would just not trade him and then turn around and just sit him out for the rest of the season. It kind of feels weird to me for the Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City Thunder to do that. Now, I know they're tanking, but listen, what kind of, I mean, does Al Horford really make that much of an impact to this Thunder team that they're going to win like five or six <laughs> more games? There. Like, I come on, just really let him play. Like five minutes a night, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. And, wow. <laughs> well, like, at least let him play, dude. Like, he's going to sit yeah. out for like the whole season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that there are a lot of teams who could have done something with them. Rather than keeping him on the sideline for the rest of the season. Yeah, and he's kind of like the new du- Luol Deng, don't you think? Like the late. Oh, relax, man. Relax. Yeah. Don't ever compare him to uh, Luol Deng. Bro, no, no, no. Think about it. This guy played for like one game, and then Luke Walton was like, "Nah, you're not gonna play for anymore." And then he sat out the rest. Jesus, dude. Like, so... You know who's the new Luol Deng? Jabari Parker. I didn't know this guy was still in the league. I know. I think he got he got kicked like he got not kicked out, but he got waved by the Kings. Like Luke Walton, Luke Walton just did not play him at all. Yeah, it's always Luke Walton. I swear to God, it is man. That's what's gonna happen to Whiteside now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you dropped Whiteside. No, I didn't. I have Whiteside. I no, I did. I dropped Whiteside, dude. Like he just wasn't played at all, and I'm like, how am I gonna meet? Like, Where's my value? I used my number one waiver spot on him. <laughs> no, he's not playing for me. <laughs> yeah. What was the point? I picked him up and I was like, I know he's going to do good if he plays. Oh, but the thing is, he just didn't play. And he I'm like, oh, play. that's great. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to enjoy this play? Exactly. And but like, they're just not going to touch him. Right. But back to Horford real quick. I just want to point out, I mean, when he was playing for the Thunder, he was like easily their second best player. And why not just have Horford build up his value, you know, through the second half of the season, be that number one guy right now since Shea's out? I mean, what's the point of sitting him out? Like, he's losing value. He's losing conditioning. He's going to be less admirable for teams. I just feel like it would just made made so much more sense to just keep him playing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. Uh, I I really thought that he could have been moved at the deadline as well, but I guess uh, the Thunder had something in mind for him. I think and that thing is to like wear him out, like. And that thing is to wear him out like freaking rubber, huh? Interesting. Right, I think that covers for Al Horford, and let's move on to our final topic. We have an interesting one. James Harden makes a claim that he feels like he is the NBA's most valuable player this season. So the latter, the race for MVP this season has been very interesting. 
James is currently averaging 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Those scream MVP numbers to me, but then, on the other hand, you have other players like Jokic. You have Joel Embiid, who, who was one before he got injured. LeBron James as well. Damian Lillard. Uh, all these guys were all MVP candidates. But James Harden says that he feels like he is the 2021 MVP. So, guys, uh, floor's free for anyone. Uh, do you think he is right? You know, Julian, Honestly, why don't you take this one? Of course. I, I gladly will. Honestly, after having made those moves, like after the moves that the Nets made and after the impact that he has had on the floor, I do see his case in point. However, the problem with that is that there's a lot more like there's a lot more players that you guys have already mentioned that make a lot more impact on, than him on the floor uh, without the sort of star power that the Nets have. So an example that you guys have already mentioned, like Jokic, right? He only has like what, one or two other considered stars around him, yet he's able to make so much more off of the floor in comparison to what James Harden can do because of his tremendous like passing ability and alongside his like center rebounding, all of that other good stuff that he can do in the paint. There's just a lot more that he's able to put out rather than just like I space the floor and I and I like I can score relentlessly because well, let's be honest, leading, he's the leading assist leader this year, so he's he's technically the the Nets point guard. So well, he, like that goes back to my previous point of where you have sort of that star power built around you, so it's sort of hard to get noticed and stand out because there's a lot of players who are looking to do the same thing, kind of like Kyrie and him wanting to stand out as well because he wants to help the team as much as possible alongside Harden. And so it just kind of like, I'm not saying that we should discredit him for having that sort of claim because he does have the stats to back it up. It's just that there are a lot of things that sort of limit him from being able to put out the MVP numbers that all of these these other people are putting out because of the team that he's on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that there's so many people on the team that kind of say like, hey, I want to be a part of the scoring too. Yeah, and for sure. a lot of people, and since most of the MVP, like since a lot of people basically still got the scoring aspects behind the MVP, they're like, oh, you know, he isn't scoring that much. That's why he's not that big on the MVP ladder. Nice. Uh, Austin? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against that real quick. I think Harden should be MVP this season. You know, that now that Embiid's out, I think Harden actually has kind of proven to himself and pretty much all his doubters that he can't, you know, work on a team like this and that oh, all these guys are going to demand the ball all at once. Like, that's not how it is. Now, listen, Durant has been out for... A lot, of, a lot of the season. You know, he hasn't really played with Durant much. Even Irving has been in and out of the lineup. But one thing that stays consistent is that Harden shows up and he plays ball and he leads that team to wins. Now, like, how much more different is having Kyrie than having, like, Murray, Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon? How much more different is that than having, like, CJ McCollum, let's say? I mean, it's not, like, of course we kind of say it's, like, three superstars, but Kyrie shouldn't be treated like that much different than a guy like CJ McCollum 
or like Jamal Murray in the offense. They all pretty much kind of do the same th- same things, and that's why I don't like how people discredit Harden for playing with Kyrie and, and Durant. I just feel like Harden's impact has been so strong. He leads the league in assists, and he's still playing like MVP Harden. And I don't see why not. I mean, the Nets are they first or are they second? I haven't. I think they're first. They're first. So they're first, and they they were like I think seventh before he came. So I mean that's already one of the things that's pointing him to a to an MVP case, and he's putting up the numbers too. I just feel like between him, I would say Dame is probably my second, and then Jokic. Now that Embiid's out, like I think Harden does deserve the MVP this year. All right. Uh. So I just want to pull up. Not well. Like go back to what I think Greg said in our second episode. He said that on a that team such as Brooklyn, you can't have an MVP such as you have KD, you have Kyrie, you have Harden. These are like guys that are MVP level players, superstar level players. But I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Austin on this point. Harden turned this team around when he came from Houston to Brooklyn this season. Uh, they were, uh, I think they were just. Uh, I can't say they were they were missing a piece because obviously they had two superstars that could carry the offense, but they added another supreme guy that can facilitate as well. You know, Kyrie, Kyrie's more of a score first mentality guy, but then you add Harden who who can pass, he can do all the playmaking instead. And that really just elevated that Nets uh, potential so much that you have a lot of players who want to come here. You have uh, due to that trade. I think, uh, that's that's what encouraged Blake Griffin's come. That's what encouraged Lamarcus Aldridge to sign. Uh, Harden has shown that he can still lead a team without both KD and Kyrie, still keeping Brooklyn afloat in the first seed. And uh, why doesn't he deserve MVP for that? He should. He should get the most valuable player. I mean, of course, the the one knock I would say is that. The MVP kind of ranged through the whole season, and his time in Houston was pretty dreadful. I mean, he gave up on the team. He kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, so I could see why he wouldn't get it because, I mean, of course you would like to make the case that the MVP is, you know, a award for who is the most valuable to their team, but it's really not. This is more of a, a narrative-driven award, and I think the narrative, it was driving towards Embiid because, you know, he was like the most dominant big man, Jokic versus Embiid. And now that Embiid's out, it's it was supposed to be like LeBron versus the world. You know, LeBron's gonna lead this team but without Anthony LeBron. Davis. Yeah, and then yeah. now it's like Jokic and and Dame, who's like the number ones on their team and is trying to lead their team to like the promised land. So I feel like just because it's it's the narrative that kind of drives the award, I would say the Harden probably won't win it. I would guess that would be Jokic, but in my opinion, I think Harden deserves it this year. Now that Embiid's out. I always, I think if not Harden, I want Dame to win it though. That's, yeah, that's, that's my opinion because after all these years of struggles, even last year where they barely made it into the playoffs, I think Dame deserve does not deserve the recognition. He's so underappreciated in this league. I think, For sure, I think Lillard should get the MVP this season. Yeah, and you must crazy real quick. I want to point out like Steph Curry kind of made his print, like his footprint on like the three point era. But I feel like Dame, he might like might have started this new era like shooting half card shots because like the, the casual like, logo the shot. Mountain, yeah, right? the, yeah. Mountain yeah. the Mountain Dew shot. <laughs> yeah, the Mountain Dew shot. The but, like, Mountain Dew shot. 
like Dame, he I feel like he could he's really popularize the shot. Dame is built different, yo. He is like Curry only started shooting these half court shots when Dame shot it. Like Dame is like really like taking these shots like in in like in stride. Like he takes it like, as like a regular shot. So I just want to say like, Dame could really start this new era of half court shots being regular. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you guys. Game? Who shot the last shot at the All Star Game? True, it's Dame time too. He did the whole celebration. Also, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the start of the season, um, I'm pretty sure Dame and Curry had an understanding where, like, they started talking about half, like, half court shots for fun, and like yeah. they said that, oh, you know, if I if you start sending half court shots, I'll send some my way too. I think that and was I'm pretty the... sure they did like one of them go. Yeah, there was like a whole video of Dame shooting them in the offseason, and then Curry commented on it, and then they both had that agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. You know, casually shooting half court shots is now a thing in the NBA. Crazy. Who would have thought? I guess it's time to start working on those now. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I don't have enough strength for that, man. Come on, gains, man. Gains. gains. Know, you said you had gains. Yeah. Look, what? listen, <laughs> it's not that serious, okay? It's it's not gonna be it's never gonna be that serious. What? This guy's lacking. Well, lacking for what? Take the L. Take yeah, yeah, definitely gonna be taking L's for not being able to heave a half court shot like it's nothing, you know? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> okay, my fault. All right, all right. So with that, fast break news comes to a conclusion. Let's start off with our topic, main topic, buyout market. Austin, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you want to explain or do you want me to explain? <laughs> you know what? For the listeners. Ryan just loves putting people on the spot and making them you know, feel uncomfortable. But listen, I came prepared, you know, like before the pod started, I said I didn't know when the buyout deadline was, but I do know. Uh, so, okay, let me just, you know, real quick for people that actually don't know. A buyout is when a team and player come to an agreement to kind of, they, they, they void their salary. You know, the player gives money back to the team and that player is able to, actually, no, it's, it's when the team pays off a player's salary. So he's off go. their books, right? So there then the player can choose to sign to uh, sign to another team for however much the cap hold is, which is like I think nine million for some teams and five million for other teams. So, and then the the buy deadlines at, at April 9th. April 9th. Yeah. That's, that's I, really fast. That was a really bad explanation, but listen, you know I got <laughs> okay, the point across. Okay, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I got you the got point it. across. Exactly, yeah. you got it. That's what that So is. basically, this week. We have our buyout candidates that we think are on bad teams, and these are the players that will be moving on from them to contenders or playoff-bound teams. So Austin, let you start it off this week. All right. So my uh my number one, not number one, but like my first guy I wrote down was Corey Joseph for the Detroit Pistons. So True. Corey Joseph just got moved to Detroit. I think this was was this even a deal? I don't remember how he actually got here. Uh, Delon, right? <laughs> Magic. Oh, yeah. Well, it was Magic. So he got to Detroit. And the reason I think Detroit might buy him out is just because it's a young team. And I feel like Detroit would much rather give those minutes to guys like Dennis Smith Jr., Josh Jackson, and the now coming back, Killian Hayes. And, like, what's the point of having a veteran guard now? Although, yeah, for Joseph, his first few games in Detroit have been pretty good. 11 points per game, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals. These are good numbers. But at the same time, like, you would much rather have someone like Corey Joseph off your books and on a team that can contend. And some of those teams that I feel like could use his, you know, veteran presence, championship presence, let's say. Los Angeles Lakers fill out the roster. You know, they don't have enough guys on, on their team right now. Utah Jazz soak up some minutes when Conley rests, I would say. 
Brooklyn Nets. I mean, he has to be better than Timothy Lobo or Chris Kioza. Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Like, you can't have Meth Curry in the game. And then... Meth Curry. And, and then, I feel like maybe Orlando Magic. Now, I just made the case that he, he shouldn't be on teams where they're young guys. But I feel like the Magic, they might be a bit too young. And I feel like he might just be a decent veteran presence for some of their young rookies like RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony. All right, all right. Uh, I did not have Corey Joseph. I had another Detroit Piston in Wayne Ellington instead. Oh, I okay. What? Yes. Lost? So Wayne Ellington is scoring ten points, two rebounds, and an assist a night, and he signed with okay. the minimum this season with Detroit. And he's actually shooting forty-three percent from three, which is still sniper level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as we said before, you can never have enough three-point shooting, and I think a lot of teams still need that. So I, I would love to see him go back to Miami, where I think he spent a season or two there a few years ago. Because uh, Miami is ranked one of the lower teams in three-point percentage, actually. Uh, the Lakers, another decent shooting guard, because Wesley Matthews, I don't think, is really cutting it. Uh, the 76ers, more spacing for Embiid and Simmons. And the Mavericks, just because uh, I think three-point shooting is still something they sorely need, even after the addition of J.J. Redick. True. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, the first, or am I allowed to go ahead now? Is it yeah. my turn on the? Is it my turn on the camera? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first person, as you guys have already talked about, has been Hassan, because you know, as you may know, Hassan who they talked about it. Hassan Whiteside, oh, you know, one okay, of my favorite okay. players from last season. You know, I picked him up this season on my fantasy team, like they said, and as they already mentioned, he did not play. So. I just thought that, honestly, he'd be a really nice buyout pick because he played really well in previous seasons. So if you guys can recall, last season when he played for Portland, he averaged 15.5 points, 13.5 rebounds, and almost three blocks off of the bench behind Nurkic. And I'm going to be honest, those are numbers that I don't think you see those numbers from like a lot of, a lot of what is it? A lot of centers nowadays, right? You, right? you barely see those numbers. <laughs> exactly. So, could you imagine if he was able to be used and then you just kind of, like, bring him out on the team? I, I personally want to see him in action again. So, so where do you – Honestly, I said the 76ers with a beat out. You know, you'd want to have a replacement so, for somebody who can, Sleeping like – Sleeping on Dwight. You know? Damn. I'm sorry. It's got to be Dwight's a bomb. <laughs> well, no, honestly, <laughs> I honestly thought of him as a joke after all of like the gay things that came out about him in the media and wow. like all of the memes about him. And like, look, I know I'm I'm just that type of person. I'm sorry. Or honestly, after or I want to see him on the books. Who could be, or he could be filling the role of like a backup center again, because uh, as really I check the depth chart, three point three point yeah. <laughs> Even though they don't have like the three point shooting, like Ryan said. I do think that having a sort of backup center after Brooke Lopez would be really appreciated since both like Bobby Portis and PJ Tucker are out. Could you imagine just like having to sub out guard like minutes for it for your fourth string and then suddenly losing a lot of paint differential? So I think like him making up for that on the Bucks would be really good for them. Yo, that'd be crazy if they played, like, a Denver-style game where they had, like, Giannis at the point, 
Oh my. Oh no. Giannis starts how to handle the ball. Portis at the four and Brooke Lopez at the four. That'd be crazy. That'd be insane. (laughs) Biggest lineup ever. (laughs) Big body. Big body lineup. Big body. But uh, yeah, I like your Hassan Whiteside because I also, I have Hassan Whiteside as well. I have him going to the Raptors because Aaron Baines. Uh, oh yeah, Aaron Baines. Uh, 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 I actually, uh, he had such a nice year in Portland. I think he should go back because. Uh, oh for Aaron, sure. Who knows? Maybe he'll be another because Nurkic. I believe he's still out. I'm not too sure. But, no, he's uh, back. He's back. All right, but like I think. Whiteside can still be, like, a guy who can take up those minutes when Nurkic rests. Because Cantor is just not that defensive. I'm sorry, but... For sure, and yeah. The Hornets would be nice. Because who's there? I think who's their back is Bismack Biombo. Like, he had his moments in 2016. He's just not the same anymore. And the Celtics, who still need rebounding, I think Hassan Whiteside would be a good fit there as well. Okay. And, For you know, sure. I, I also had... Whiteside, no, all three of us have Whiteside, and I don't keep mentioning this every time Whiteside's pulled up. I really like Whiteside, and I don't see how people think he's lazy or all these like bad narratives he have. Like, he's not a lazy player by any means. Like, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like I think his narrative it, it drives off of like the experts' opinions. Like they say he's lazy, they say this and that. Like I don't think so, man. I've seen him in Portland. He plays super hard and. I mean, you mentioned his stats. I mean, he can help many teams. He just needs to be in the right system. And I think I think Washington would be kind of the perfect place to put him. I mean, right now the strong center is Daniel Gafford. And Gafford is... I like Gafford, you know. I think Gafford's great, but he's not going to Whiteside. And if you put Whiteside in a position where he's playing beside a Westbrook who loves to have a rim-running center that can chop up and grab rebounds... Oh, yeah. That's, that's perfect. Steven Adam. That, that yeah, Stephen Adams. Yeah, that was a really good fit. Yeah, I think I think he could be someone that could average, let's say, sixteen points per game, thirteen rebounds, three blocks. Like just like Portland, I think a lot of teams could use Whiteside. I I don't think that his narrative is true, and I hope he gets on the right team because I I love Whiteside. I think he's a great player. He's a great guy, and he just needs the right system. Yeah, White's what I forgot. I completely forgot about Washington, but like I think a Whiteside to the Wizards would actually help them maybe get a chance in a play-in tournament, maybe? I would think. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually love that. I I forgot about that completely. I love that, though. So, who wants to go next for their next guy? So, I'll take I'll take the spot right here. I might as well get my tough... Or, I'll get one of my golden picks out of the way, which was, right. as I mentioned, or, or as I talked with Austin before the podcast, James Johnson. So, honestly... The what is it? The topic of defense is highly overlooked nowadays, right? Because a lot of players just want to go out on big scoring runs. Hence, you see a lot of like perimeter, or like you see a lot of three point shooters and people who like space out the floor a lot who try and shoot threes all game. However, from past experience and uh, further research, James Johnson is a small forward who is able to keep up with both bigs and smalls. And I think that using him on a either defensive uh, defensive system team or a lackluster or a heavy offensive team would be really good. 
So some of the teams that I put him for were the uh, 76ers, again, you know, just to sort of help out the back line because Embiid was such a big force in the paint. And so without him, like, you know, it's like weak and heavily. So adding James Johnson there could also help them at not only in the perimeter, but also in the key. Uh, you could send them also to the Blazers. The reason why I said the Blazers was because uh, they may they do a lot of offense through Damian Lillard and the threes, and having somebody who could be a reliable defender to stop maybe like what is it fast breaks potentially could be really useful for them. And the last one, the last team I have is like the Knicks. Sorry, I was like I have to look through my notes again, <laughs> but. Having a like defensive center of um of Julius Randle, Merlin's Noel, and then let's say like RJ Barrett gets something up for James Johnson. I'm just saying like you're not gonna be able to get into that team. Honestly. That's true, that's true. I could see him as <clears throat> this is like Jay Crowder. Like he could be like one of those sneaky yeah. guys that you don't see coming and boom, like he goes to Miami, Jay Crowder goes to Miami. And he's like their starting small for and plays big minutes. I could see James Johnson maybe kind of being that guy. I did not have James Johnson, but I I think I would have loved to see him in Brooklyn actually because oh, come on, okay. that, come on, come on, <laughs> he brings that defensive mind, like defensive True. mindset. It balances and out the offense. It's something yeah. that Brooklyn, even though they are outscoring teams, I think in the playoffs, I'm not sure if they can keep that scoring up. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I think it's just gonna be having, difficult. Yeah, I think having James Johnson, he would really like like throw cut them down, you know, like with his like karate moves or something. <laughs> gonna, yeah, you know, you're not choke. allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The player. I swear this guy has a black belt. Yeah, he does have a black belt. Could you just imagine him like choke holding somebody on the on the court? <laughs> Like, uh, you lose a player. I jump. Like, yeah, he just runs up to Harden and just like, just like slams him on the ground. You're not allowed. To <laughs> this this, this oh, guy you. gets like Finals MVP for locking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for yeah, sure, I don't. Sure. <laughs> James Johnson, uh, pick. I did not have him. Austin, did you have James Johnson or did you have? Something no, else? I did not have James Johnson. Now. Of course, I've mentioned me and Julian. We did discuss uh prior. I really like James Johnson as is one of these bio picks. You know, he I already mentioned as the Dre, uh, he could be the Dre Crow, Jay yep. Crowder. Jay Crowder. Thank, the, you, thank you, Ryan. Jay I couldn't, Ty. I couldn't get his name out. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> a three and D wing who can both defend guards and wings is really important these days. And I think he is really flying under the radar. So I give you props for that, that pick for James Johnson. Yes. Yes. Congrats. Uh, like, good job. Uh, I didn't. This guy said congrats. <laughs> I won the lottery. <laughs> I won the lottery. Uh, Austin, right. number one? Or... Yeah, l- let me go on to one of my next guys. I have Avery Bradley of the Houston Rockets. Yes, sir. Now, you know, first of all, I just want to say rest in peace to Houston. You know, they trade away Harden for. If Avery Bradley gets bought out, they traded Harden for Kelly Olynyk, like a one-on-one swap. So that's one thing. Let's go. <laughs> but the reason to buy him out, there really is no need for him on the team. I mean, those minutes should already be going to Kevin Porter Jr. and some of your younger guys. Now, some things about Avery Bradley, 
recent years he has shown some decline in performance. You know, he used to be like a sixteen point per game performer like two three years ago. Now it's like just around five, but he still can help many contenders. You've seen what he can do back in twenty twenty with the Los Angeles Lakers around the end of the season. He was putting up really decent numbers. It was looking like he was getting back to his old self. Now, what that means is some of the teams I could see him going to, I could see him going to back to the Lakers. You know, he already has history with their team, and he fits their system. It would be kind of a plug-and-play. Miami Heat also has been on that team. He could also take up some of Kendrick Nunn's minutes when it comes playoff times and the rotation gets restricted. And just at the end, I just said Brooklyn just because, you know, why not? And, you know, add another why good not? player to a busted team. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to add him to Brooklyn. Yeah, to stack the team, that's the most stacked. <laughs> no, <laughs> why not? So, Bradley's actually not allowed to go back to Miami because players aren't allowed to sign back with a team that they oh, were traded from. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. Okay, Adam Silver, so, you know what? Why don't you just yeah, read you know the rule book right anyway. now? Screw you know the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw the rules. I want him back to Miami, I don't care. <laughs> right now. <laughs> South Beach, my bad. All right, but I do have Avery Bradley as well, but... Austin, you mentioned Kelly Olynyk was the only guy they got in the no, trade. Yeah, yes, sir. I am. Nah. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk is also on the buyout market for me. Jesus, <laughs> man. Olynyk and Bradley are both the Houston Rockets that I feel like don't don't fit in with them. So I can see uh, they're both like decent role players at this point of their careers. So I can see like both of them moving to maybe San Antonio, uh, New York True. Knicks, or even the Chicago Bulls. I think that could be, well, not a Linux to Bulls because they got like, you know, like so much big men. But I think uh, New York would be an ideal fit, and uh, the Spurs would actually be decent as well. Okay, For sure. I see that. <laughs> I uh, actually. Also did some research on Avery, uh, Avery Bradley. I got called an Austin, sorry, but um, uh, I did like I did some research more along the lines of his defense because I looked at his like stats and points per game, and I was just like, I don't think he's gonna cut it for any team. And it Whoa. turns out that he was actually like a pretty good defensive player when it came to guards. There were some articles sort of regarding him clamping down James Harden. When he was on the Rockets during the playoffs, and how James Harden got annoyed, and I was like, you know, that could be really good for some teams. Like I mentioned before, with um James Johnson and his and his defense, having another defensive player on your team really wouldn't hurt. So if you could plug him into the Knicks, I like mentioned earlier, you know, just keep increasing that defense, and eventually you'll just lock people down in the playoffs, make their times a living hell. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we mentioned two Houston Rockets already, you know. I just want to put a, a third Another one. Another one? Yeah. I, I, now, I don't know if Ryan's going to come in with the rule book and, you know, like James Johnson Slap choke slap me. Yeah, yep. right? But I have Eric Gordon, uh, one of these. He's he's an older guy on a younger team. Now, nah, wait. Fine. Eric Gordon's fine. Eric he's Gordon. fine? All right. He's, fine. he's all good. You got away with this one. Thank God, man. I thought I was, I was about to say my whole spiel and then Ryan was going to be like, Actually, Austin, nope. you can't, man. Like you're just yeah, actually stupid. Like, on you. I said a pick right there. Watch it drop. <laughs> you said pick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, he's an older guy on a younger team. He's already kind of. He's like the last guy left from the Harden era, and I think I still think that he can provide decent scoring. You know, he can score seventeen plus almost every night, and he's not a bad defender. You know, I would say he's actually 
more of a 3 and D guy than not. So, actually, now before I get to the teams, I also want to mention that he's pretty injury prone. He's had some recent lingering knee problems along with a groin injury this year that he's, he's going through right now. And three teams I could see him going to, both of the LA teams, the Lakers and Clippers, you know, he can thrive in a situation where he can just shoot out great passes. You know, PG and Kawhi could throw him down when he's they're getting doubled. LeBron can just find him regardless. And yep. Milwaukee Bucks, you know, he can be kind of their Malcolm Brogdon in a way. Now, yeah, he kind of gives me uh, bucket vibes. Yeah, like I can see him in a Bucks jersey, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. no, you don't, man? No, no, no I'm down. Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. Okay, all right. This guy was going to diss right. Eric Gordon, right. dude. No, hell no. Dude, yeah, I can play three positions. What? Come on now. I could never <laughs> do somebody like that. Relax. Exactly. And that's why I just feel like he, he kind of has to be the last Rocket to move on. And now one thing I'm worried about, he's going to demand, like, a lot of money. You know, he's coming off, like, a $60 million contract. I could see him, like, demanding a bit too much for these these contenders to offer. Oh, true. I mean, like, isn't it like more like a a minimum because you're only playing for the rest of the season type? Is it? Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Is this more rule books oh. that are getting slammed in my yes, face? Yes, it now? is more rule books. Stuff, but <laughs> basically, no, like, you you're offered really, usually like you around really the minimum, the, maybe the, more. Like, the rest of like a whole year anymore, right? So it's just, yeah, the rest of the season has contract. So it really depends on if Gordon wants to play for like. A real contender or just someone who can make the playoffs or has a good chance to be a fun team so yeah or a fun money. team don't forget the money like new orleans, the way, i don't know new orleans, don't orleans is a fun team <laughs> we got brandon ingram i think dude i'm not dude listen ryan if i'm on new orleans i'd be so pissed if i was like eric bledsoe or something you're just watching Brandon Ingram shoot like 15 contested mid-range shots and Zion <laughs> just drive down the rim. Like, you do nothing on that team. Bro, like, Isaiah Thomas just signed a 10-day with them and I don't even know if he's going to get any, like, shots. Yeah, he's not touching the ball, man. <laughs> they probably won't even see him down there. They'll be like, we had a fifth guy in the, in the court. Like, what the hell is he going on? <laughs> they're like, yeah, oh, it's 5v4, it's 5v4. And then like, I, I just go, I'm over here. <laughs> But like no this to IT, the IT was an amazing score in back in Boston. Sad to see his. It's season. okay, just watch him, watch him drop forty again, even on that system. Just watch him find a way. He's gonna activate like IRL hacks, and all of a sudden he's just like the main player on the team. He's gonna go and back in time. Yeah, he's gonna exactly. Go back in time. Uh, moving on, I have. This might be a little little controversial. I have Kevin Love. Oh, Kevin Cavaliers. This guy's play uh, scoring seven points, three rebounds, and assist with two years left on his, his massive deal. He's still shooting pretty decent from three, I think 40% from three, and he is a stretch four with championship experience. Uh, even though it's it's very unlikely, I can see him negotiating with Cleveland, and he can probably head to like Toronto for for like that minimum to play the the five. Uh, the Warriors, Miami, or even the Mavs. So yeah, mm. Kevin Love. That's a good name. I I completely, I completely forgot he was even in the league. Like he hasn't played in like five, six years. It feels like. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Actually, I like I haven't seen him or I haven't seen like any sort of news around him for a long while. So you bringing up that name and kind of putting him on the bio market, kind of like, oh right, that guy. 
you know, because like that one like guy. In a young direction, right? So what's oh, for the point sure, of keeping yeah. a thirty-two-year guy there for them to like take up a roster spot? It, it sort of reminds you of like the same situation with Al Horford, yeah. kind of like just there to play out the dying minutes because True, their yeah. system is not up for them. So yeah. yeah, it was actually a really good like sign by you. I didn't have them anywhere. And if he, if he can there. if he can remain healthy. I mean, he would be a pretty decent guy to have, like, let's, let's say off the bench. Now, he's not the worst defender. I mean, having someone that's, like, about 6'10 plus and still be able to kind of move their feet on the perimeter, I mean, that's that's some pretty decent value right there. And if he can have his shot go back to where it was, then I don't see why not he could play, like, 25-ish minutes for a contender. True. Yeah, he and could even like, though he played he terrible in the finals in 2016, he was actually not bad in 2017. In the 2017, yeah, or 2018 finals, actually, where he was the second option. So, uh, Kevin Love, I don't see why he couldn't be an, a positive impact on a contender or a playoff team. I agree. Julian, do you have any uh, other names? Um, other okay. I I mean, I can just keep going, but like one of my personal favorites out of all of like the all stars and the big names that were mentioned. So from the three being like Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, Andre Drummond and Demarcus Cousins. I actually had Demarcus Cousins put on my rate, like, put on my bio list. And the reason why is because we talked about this at the very start. Being a brick wall in front of the damn rim is something that really is needed. You know, you want to have a good key like defense, or else you know you're gonna get blown up from the inside, and that's the last thing you want to see. Even though like the seasons kind of. Are, this modern NBA is filled with like three pointers all over the floor. You so don't want to still have though, even though Cousins is on the Clippers now, you still have yeah. him as a candidate? Well, I had him as a candidate before he moved, like before like I did further research into mm-hmm. him. That's the same thing with like James Johnson. But like he was kind of just like my favorite out of the three. Because he has a lot of he has a lot of like options when it comes to not only defense and offense. So he could basically like be your one he could you could basically play him both ways. Where you could have him as a side scoring option if you don't feel like your three your three pointers are like doing any well or your shots around the key, or you could have him as like your main defensive option in the key. And mm-hmm. you know what, Julian? No, no, let me let me stop you there real quick. So you said okay. Demarcus Cousins defense, brick dude. Like I'm just getting flashbacks to when for some reason he made her he made the Raptors live three times harder during the championship run, and I'm like. What is wrong? Like, what happened? The second he got on the, the court, I was like, hello? You know what? He was good on offense, but listen, like, I got to keep it a buck, man. He was getting sauced on by Mark Gasol. Like, Siakam was just scoring out. Well, well I, I don't know about maybe. defense. No, but some, like, it's, uh, for me, like, I got flashbacks to when I was watching, I think, either game five or game six. But he hopped on the court. And then our, uh, like, our inside scoring is kind of like, he just like clapped his hands and they stopped, and I'm like, "What is happening?" <laughs> that maybe Demarcus is a good defender. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I know. I was, I was so confused. I was just like, "What happened?" Did. The guy got on the court with like. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I want to cry. I think I know what you're talking about. Either that or Julian's just scared of big bodies. Because I am. No, yeah. listen, listen. I have. I think. I think that might be the case. It's a different flashbacks, dude. Yes, exactly. Playing against Alex is always like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, oh, that's man. worse than a nightmare, dude. 
like, like oh my god dude. yeah one two and he's in the key and i'm like oh because i was just thinking like somebody like the marcus cousins could be like that you know kind of like be that big block big wall in the way it's like true. no 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 that's true so even even if his defense isn't good right you could, could still be a nuisance because it makes the paint a lot harder to like enter since his big frame and his like what is it yeah his big frame and his strength can make it sort of a bit more difficult for players to just find their way and sauce them around the rim yeah i, I agree with because, that yeah yeah let's like let's be honest because there's not going to be a lot of space when you're in the key. You're eventually going to get trapped by like two or three people. And mm-hmm. so by having that one person kind of just like stop you at the door, it allows this team to kind of like converge on you and then, you know, go from there. You make a good point. <clears throat> and so... What? I, I was just asking if you had anyone else or any other thoughts on No, that. I mean, the guest is still, he still, he still, he still has a, has a point to make. I keep forgetting. Come on, Ryan. I, I, I don't. I see the Discord thing. I, I thought it was over. So I. Uh... Oh, oh, keep going, sure. Joy. All right. Okay, so I think favorite. that was one, right? So that was one of my like big name favorites. But my tough take now, and I know I'm probably gonna get flamed like hell for this, but I do think Jabari Parker would actually be a decent pickup for the defensive systems. Because like I like I mentioned earlier, you know, defense is really important, but. For so for somebody to offset your defense to sort of provide like consistent scoring or like decent scoring off of the bench would be really good. So I did some research, you know, considering how many like which are the best teams in the NBA who allow the least amount of points. And so from what I remember, from what I remember, I think Knicks were at the top, right? One second, let me just double check. So you're saying that. Uh, a team should pick up Jabari Parker. No, well, yes. The reason why is because um, reason why is because it allows them to like allows all of the defensive teams to sort of offset their heavily defense mindset, and by allowing somebody to like create uh, what is it? Create a decent scoring opportunity every time on the floor. It sort of makes them a bigger threat rather than only seeing them on one side. Right? I mean, Ryan, because... Ryan, yeah, I mean, Ryan. Ryan was kind of. I feel like Ryan was a bit. Hesitant about Jabari Parker on defense. How do you feel about this, Ryan? I don't like Jabari Parker defensive mindset, mm-hmm. kind of. I remember back in Milwaukee, he was more of like the offensive guy before Giannis stepped into the light. And this was before right, right. Parker for his ACL, I think, twice. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, this, this guy was actually a monster on offense. But defensively, I think he was a bit of a... He was... Average to below average. I don't know about defense that well, but every time I see Jabari Parker, I just all I just all I just see is him, at in the interview talking about how like players don't like, get paid yeah. to play defense. That's all I remember. But I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. about being a defensive minded player. I I just know about him offensively. I don't like to pick up for Jabari Parker. He's he's run out of gas. I'm sorry, his legs just won't keep him up anymore. No, for sure, for sure. I understand that. Like when I was doing my research on him. I was kind of like, I looked through the articles and that's, that, as you said, players don't get paid to play defense. And to be honest, right, I, I don't agree with the statement. But the reason why I said he would be good on defensive teams is like to sort of offset their defensive mindset and sort of give them a fresh look off of the, like off of the defensive area. 
because the first mo- like the first thing that comes to mind when you look at the points allowed per game and who's at the top is like, oh, they're good at defense. But could you imagine if you had like a sort of hidden like a hidden weapon in your bench, just waiting to roar and like start scoring, right? And I'm pretty sure that it could scare teams a lot more, knowing that there's gonna be like an offensive threat at all times alongside their defensive ro- like defensive rotation. Hmm. I see where you come from. Exactly, just Jabari Parker. You know, just like throw him onto the offense and then just okay. Like I get that I get that a defensive system might not be good for them because like you said earlier, his defense is below average. And to that like I agree. It's just that I was looking for ways for teams to like sort of spice up their system in order to have like weapons, like different arsenal and different weapons every time they like hit the floor rather than being like, okay, you know, same old defense into offense. You know, I kind of I kind of see where you come from with this, and I just want to point out about Jabari Parker. I feel like it's not him, like not even his knees that is a problem. I just feel like his mindset isn't there. Yeah, for defense. yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like you see Andrew Wiggins with the Timberwolves, and he's been always slagged for his defense. Like, oh, he's like not trying. He doesn't care about defense. And then he goes to the Warriors. He's like, he's like leading the league in blocks or something for a few months. Like, all it takes is a team to kind of change their mindset. And turn you into that player. And Jabari exactly, Parker, yeah. he can still be a hyper athlete. So if a team kind of invests some time to try and get this guy to, you know, watch film and make him understand certain concepts, I don't see why Jabari Parker can't be a good defender. And with that, I mean, he's what, 28 or something? Like, he's probably added some things to his offensive arsenal regardless. So a team, like, a team that doesn't have much hopes could take a flyer on Parker. You know, just just to yeah. see how he performs. So I I, I I like I like your point right there. Thank you. I guess Thank development you. is key. Like the Warriors would be a good choice because mm-hmm. sure, they've yeah. been known to be a good developing team. Toronto is a good developing team. Uh, even San Antonio is a good developing team. But I don't know. I just don't like the idea. Yeah, it's just like I guess it's the like the idea of his defense, right? Yeah, I yeah. I, I just don't see him providing anything for any NBA team anymore at this point. For sure. It's just that, like, it comes down to what, like, uh, Austin said with the mentality. It's just that, or Austin, you said about the mentality. It's like, the mentality behind the defense is just kind of what tainted him as, like, a bad market. Because if you don't, if you all you do is score, and you kind of just provide that, like, really old James Hart, or, like, that, that like, memeing LeBron defense where he puts up his leg, and that's, like, the only defense he can do. Like, I don't think a lot of teams would be interested. But I definitely did like what Austin said, where if a team decided to put the time in and kind of say like, hey, you know, if you listen to us and how you do defense, you know, he could actually turn into a really good, a really good player. Because I still think he actually has some juice left in him. All right, good point, good point. Austin, you have anyone else? Yeah, I'll just one more guy real quick. This is... Otto, Otto Porter Jr. of the Orlando Magic. Now, he just got mm-hmm. traded there, a part of this that Nikola Vucevic for Wendell Carter deal. The reason for the buyout, Orlando's a young team, and they don't really need a, a veteran wing to you know waste time for a losing team. Now, that's the reasoning I put down. I don't agree with this reasoning. I, I do not think he should be bought out. I think his fit in Orlando is damn near perfect. 
I feel like with a team where you just kind of rebuild and rebuild, you don't have a number one option yet. Why not just have someone who's known for having a good offense take the shots? Somebody has to shoot on this team. And Terrence Ross. Yeah, Terrence Ross. And I, I put down three names. I mean, three people that I think are going to be their main offensive options right now. I put Terrence Ross, Cole Anthony, and Otto Porter Jr. Those are your offensive options. And if you take out Otto Porter, I mean, you're giving shots to Chumo Okiki. You give me shots oh. to guys that don't really like taking shots. So I, I just feel like there, there's no reason to kind of buy him out. Just have him on the team, build his value, and then trade him in the offseason. Well, he is. this is his last year on the contract. So. I mean, he's going he's gonna to take his qualifying offer, man, and it's like $28 million. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it's his last year on this contract. There's no way he's seeing Orlando. And I think if he wants to contend it this season or at least have a chance, uh, a deep playoff run he should sign with Ryan, the Blazers or the Pacers not Ryan Ryan listen dude do you know how much money is on his contract man it's like it's it, he signed like four years a hundred it's like 20 million. plus million dude he's not throwing away 20 plus million man. I can imagine come on I'm, I'm, Blake Griffin Blake Griffin pulled from 30 okay but listen oh, that that Blake Griffin like you know like that's Blake Griffin dude this is Otto Porter Jr <laughs> okay like this is a different type man oh He's a goat. You know what you're doing. This guy is built different. That is true. <laughs> you know, that is true. <laughs> Alright. Um, I think uh, I have one more. It's very controversial. You guys might mm-hmm. not like it. It's it's our boy Kyle Lowry. Oh. <laughs> ah. If the Okay, this is my reasoning. If the Raptors continue to fall. Because right now they're 11th, even uh, even after a win tonight against the Warriors where we just destroyed them. Yeah. But if the Raptors continue to fall into, let's say, the 12th or 13th, 13th spot, and we're just just looking to to tank, I don't, yeah. I don't think it'd be fair to Kyle to keep him just on this team. He's on the expiring deal. We don't know how much time he has left, even though he's been playing phenomenal, phenomenally even uh, through his aging. I don't want to see Kyle stuck in this rebuilding process or whatever. I would, and it's his last year of the deal. If Toronto were to fall below the 12th spot, I would wait. I would buy him out, and hopefully he can sign with Philly, Milwaukee, or the Clippers. Ryan, you know, he. Everyone knows that creating controversy creates buzz, but this is just a step too far for me, Ryan. A Kyle Lowry buyout? You gotta be kidding me, Ryan. I, I, I have to all about controversy. Yeah, okay, you know what? For, at, that, at that standpoint, I agree with you, man. He should get bought out. But listen, Lowry, we're losing with Lowry. Why, why would we buy him out, you know, pay him like extra money? Just to have him leave anyways. Like, we're probably not going to re-sign him. Like, I would guess that in the offseason, he's going to get his contract. Why not just let him play out the season? If we're going to lose, we're going to lose. And at least we can say bye to him properly. Imagine you have a guy that stays around. He's our best player. And you just end up buying him out. That's like some blatant disrespect, right? I just don't see why the Raptors would do that. For sure. Like, Like I said, I don't see them doing it unless we fall below 12th. If we fall if below twelfth, I'm I'm below twelfth. There, there's no point in keeping Kyle. No, there's listen, no, I'm sorry. There's no point in keeping right. Kyle. Let's, not, uh, right, right. Some money back, and then and then uh, uh, let him 
go to the contender. That's Brian, what we fall below 12. We give Kyle Lowry a train conductor hat, man. He's conducting this tank, and we're going to 15, and we're getting that number one pick. True. I like that. I like that idea. It's just that, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just that, you know, growing up watching the Raptors, Kyle Lowry was kind of one of the people you'd always look forward to seeing on the screen, right? Every game you'd watch, you'd be like, whoa, you know, it's Kyle. Wow. <laughs> it's just, you know, so for, for the team to kind of lead, for, for a team to just kind of come out of nowhere and say, see ya. Right? After, after we decided to, like, not trade him, I'd be even more pissed than the fact that that happened rather than him being traded because like we already decided to keep him through trade negotiations and everything and then all of a sudden just because we decide to like we end up performing a bit worse and we fall below the 12 seed and then we just throw him away i definitely like as a as a personal fan of his and as a personal fan of the raptors i'd just be like why i'd be like what was the point then might exactly. as well just have, like have traded him and gotten some value out of the trade rather than having to buy it out. I just, I just, I just feel like that's that could be a possibility. No, I like, I no. know where you're coming. No, from. no, no, no. I, I don't get you coming from Brian. That is wrong, Brian. That is a wrong <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I'm you. You guys can go fight. <laughs> my reason, my reasoning makes sense, but I can understand why you don't like it. For sure, yeah. Like I understand exactly where you're coming from because you want because you know the guy has his capabilities you know the guy can like for some and I don't want him to I I want to see him win I want exactly yeah you want to see the guy winning it's just that as a fan you know as a fan of the team and the person on the team for them to do that suddenly it's kind of be like I I'd personally desk smash there yeah Austin (laughs) you're a Philly fan wouldn't you love to see Kyle in a Sixers jersey. Ooh, I would, I would, you know, I, I would. Oh, but listen, you know, I just, I just, I won't let my emotions get in the way of business. You know, like I'm, just, I'm not just gonna let go of Lowry. It's business. Yeah, that, wow. it is true. It is business. But like, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad business. You know, I'll, I'll say that. You know, Ryan, this is, this is, we're gonna have a debate about this, man. This, this is just not right for Lowry, man. I feel disgraced as a rapper, man. I feel disgraced as a Raptors fan to hear that, Ryan. I'm, I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> Yo, don't cry, man. I'm just, I, 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 want, I want to do what's right for Kyle. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's respects. Look, in the and, end, we just have different... Like, It's just that our opinions are different. Yeah. No, true, true. And uh, do you guys have any more final names? I do, but I... I've already talked, or like I'll let Austin say his final name. No, I, I, those are all my guys. Okay, so I know that he's also like not seen as much nowadays as like a sort of oh we should go for this player. But I had Austin Rivers, right? Uh, he signed with Milwaukee, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. what is it? The reason why I had him was really well rounded. So if there were any shallow, oh, if there were any like shallow teams that wanted to pick him up as like a backup point guard. He could also just like go there, so sort of provide a sort of death for them. But before he got traded, my picks were like it was the Seventy Sixers to help him out alongside George Hill to kind of have like a backup point guard if George Hill needs the rest during the restricted times in the playoffs. Oh, turns out that's the only team I have. But yeah, like <laughs> all right. Well, well, I think another point to add. 
before I like yeah, here. Just that as a third string, as a third string for the Knicks when he played behind like RJ Barrett and D Rose, he scored a he scored a measly seven point three points and two rebounds. As a as, like, that's not terrible. Exactly. Like if you if you want somebody who can pick up for like reliable points off the bench, you know, Osterberg could be their guy. Yeah. And uh, just quickly, uh, Al Horford, if he wasn't inactive, I feel like he could have been bought out. For sure, yeah. Go back to Boston or something. Please. And... Please, man. They traded <laughs> away their starting center for some reason. But that's different. That's a different story. And I actually had Ricky Rubio as well. My boy. Ooh, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky yeah. Rubio. Uh, I feel like the Clippers or even the Jazz could have used him because I don't Greg really have anyone facilitating after Mike Conley. So Ricky Rubio True. would have been a choice for me. And that's all my names. Honestly, whenever Ricky Rubio comes to mind, I just think of like Greg walking triple double. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Oh uh, so, you know. And then he I goes and that. drops him. And then fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, bro, how are you going to cheer this guy on walking triple double? Then, yoink. And I'm like, okay, man. But yeah. That concludes. This week's episode of Floor Generals. Julian, would you like to outro? Um, I'm okay. I don't know exactly how to outro this thing. So, no, go ahead and outro for us, Julian. Go, go ahead and. Wow. I don't even get the option to decline. All right. There was no option. There was no option. My bad. Well, thank everybody for coming to listen to our podcast or their podcast. Sorry. I'm just a guest. I hope that you enjoyed your time listening to me, Ryan, and Austin talk about our picks, whether controversial, crazy, or outright stupid. And we hope that you tune in for next week's coming podcast episode. Have a nice day, everyone. Take care.